So, Bob, there you are, walking down the street, Boulder, Colorado. You look to your left, a little bit up elevated, you see a camera. You look to your right, another camera. And then a few steps later, an advertisement on the bus stop, targeted just for you. Because those cameras recognized who you are and calculated how far down the street to the next billboard, digital billboard, and had that. I was going to say, it has to be digital. And had (laughs) it ready for you. Does that creep you out at all? Well, hell yeah, it would creep me out. But it's interesting. Like, I wonder how much I would pick up on it. But is that the... Is that the facial recognition legislation that we're talking about? Or are you just talking about where it could go? Yes, to both. Yes, to both. <laughs> so right now, you know, you could be on at your home on your computer and you're like, okay, I'm searching for this. Okay, I didn't buy it. Now I've gone to unrelated website. And you get that fucking banner on that side. Retargeting. And it's like, hey, Kevin, you forgot to buy me. And it's like, ah, no, I didn't forget to buy you. Thank you. I did not forget. But but imagine it's no longer in your browser. Imagine it's now uh, in a billboard in public. Because isn't it weird if you're like, you know, pick something embarrassing, you know, like nose hair remover or something, you know, something, something. Oh, I was going right for erectile dysfunction. Well, I was going to so. go for some sort of sex toy, but I, I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. But anyway, imagine you're walking up to the bus stop and now all of your inner like things that's on your shopping list start showing up and everyone can see them, right? Wouldn't that be weird? Yeah, but I mean, that is the extension of retargeting. I mean, that's the next frontier, right? Yep. Or the, the you know, we talked about this a little bit with the big hack, just, you know, the, the perception that maybe our phones are listening to us. But I think that that's probably still not happening. So I don't know. fast forward five to 10 years. Uh, the iPhone is now $2,000. The Galaxy S20 <laughs> is now like eighteen ninety nine. And fear not, Bob. If you can't afford that, all you have to do is watch these ads before you place your next text message. Would you do it? Actually, I heard ads and text messaging are coming. Like, they already exist. Well, like, not even... Not even like, you know, you get an unsolicited spam thing. It's like they're going to start tagging them in text messages. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, we have the ubiquitous lock screen. But in order to unlock your phone, Bob, unless it's for 911. Oh, you're saying saying to pay to play. Yeah. The phone's free. But But I wouldn't. Oh, okay, good. It's not $2,000. I thought you said the iPhone was $2,000. Well, I, I did, but that's the, that's the rub, right? So you can have it for free, Bob, so long as we can harvest the shit out of you and target the shit out of you. What do you think? Well, no, I, that's, that, that's part of that five-star rating uh, Black Mirror episode. You know, it, those phones are all made by the same company or they're at least running the same operating system, which has the desktop equivalent, which has the advertising, you know, the, the entertainment, you know, version as well so yeah i we're definitely on that collision course without a doubt so i saw some headlines and i can't find it so i'll just paraphrase that would probably that would probably get me out of the cell phone gig if that started to happen honestly (sighs) well you know how you always constantly say hey patch this because of vulnerability x and whatever 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 well i saw an article recently that a lot of android phones we're talking like hundreds of millions of hundreds of millions of them come with malware pre-installed. Pre-installed. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a supply chain thing. So 
you know, it's they're all worried about all these third party like Google Play and, and iOS store, you know, stuff, but they're not even looking, or at least the, the Android world, they're not even vetting the uh, bloatware. I guess we used to call it bloatware on Windows. You know, it, it, here you go, here's your phones, and oh, by the way, your phone's already compromised because most people think, hey, brand new phone, it's clean, it's safe, it's secure, right? But that whole bloatware thing is a pay-to-play thing too, right? So that subsidized some of the uh, the manufacturing and distribution by, hi, I'm shitty app company ABC, and I would love to be on 80 million, you know, Android devices. I will pay you a dollar per device to offset your costs. That's how that works, right? That's how bloatware exists, right? Yes, and so if you look at some of the headlines, the global economy seems to be headed towards some sort of recession. The U.S. may be showing signs that we may, you know, as well, don't know, speculative. But what if... Dude, it's all it's all propped up on, like, studio props and, like, special effects. This thing's going to crash. Uh, well, it's cyclical, right? You can't expect a, a, an economy to always stay hot. It's got to cool off. But where I'm going with that is eventually this whole advertising subsidized with your privacy, your data and all that, that bubble's going to burst, I would think. And then one day in the future, somebody's going to say, what if we had a phone that all it does is make phone calls? What if? No advertising <laughs> See, I- and no nothing. I don't think we'll ever go back to that because I think that 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 sustainability model that you say is that bubble that's going to burst, it's still a sustainability model. I think what's going to happen, and we've talked about this many times before, it may burst, but when a bubble bursts, it just makes a bunch of tiny bubbles and then the right chemical, or not the right chemical, but the right chemistry can come along and bundle all those back together and make another big bubble. Well, we're seeing that. And that's where you get Black Mirror. We're seeing that in the streaming world, right? So we go from appointment television, direct TV, cable to, hey, let's have these a la carte channels. And now there's so much, there's a proliferation of all these a la cartes. We've got Netflix, we've got HBO, we've got CBS, we've got Sling, we've got, oh my gosh, everybody's got their own app, yada, yada, yada. But we just now. It's worse than cable now. Yeah. Now, you know, the. Scott Hanselman joke is, is wouldn't it be great if we bundled these all together and you could get a discount for having, you know, blah, 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 basically going back inside. So technology is very cyclical. Um, it's uh, shaking my head on this whole data phone. I, at some point, it's going to get so weird that I, I just think we're going to need to hit reset on the whole thing. I don't know what that is, but we just need to hit reset. Well, right. That's when we get to dystopian. So we'll get up to this weird fi, fi, sci, sci-fi, <laughs> sci-fi reality, and then we'll go to dystopia. So you sent me this article from Facebook. Well, not from Facebook, but it's about how facial recognition became the most feared technology in the U.S. What's the uh, synopsis, Bob? So basically the synopsis is, is that um, small governments, state governments, what I'm talking about in the U.S. here, um, are on a bipartisan uh, level legislating against facial recognition um, as it relates to law enforcement. Yeah, you want to so talk. So obviously they're not trying to, they're not trying to keep you from using like they're not trying to talk Apple from not having uh, face ID to unlock phones because those are opt in, opt outs. But they're talking about how um, governments using uh, 
facial recognition to basically almost like it's funny because you started talking about the advertising this that's where i thought you were going with the uh i thought you were going to this article with the facial recognition i was but, but we kind of about, floated away <laughs> uh, gotcha <laughs> a segue gone bad yeah damn it but yeah so it's interesting that in one of the quotes in this article is about how legislation and I think it actually said maybe in parentheses for the first time ever is trying to get out in front of technology, which is funny that they say that because when you read the rest of the article, they're actually not out in front of technology because apparently um, a few years ago, Orlando, Florida, they were piloting Amazon's facial recognition software called Recognition with a K. So, so hip and trendy. Exactly. Um, and basically, they kind of said they were going to do it on a couple cameras downtown, but they were they said that they were tracking only their officers, like a beta test, to be able to track and identify their own officers. They lied, um, and uh, it kind of got out that they were using it as a tool, and the public rebelled against it. And speaking of, that's kind of where that all started. Speaking of uh, facial, well, speaking of lying and Facebook. Um, <laughs> I saw another headline that came out yesterday, the day before, I don't know, it was sometime this week. Facebook admitted to taking your your mess- Facebook Messenger audio, not you, but oh, yes. somebody's the audio, audio, transcribing it and doing something with it. But don't worry, because they said, much like Google and Amazon, we've stopped the practice. It's kind of like... Yeah, but they were doing it too, so it's not as bad as if we did it because we got caught, right? Well, the funny thing is, is the uproar in this circumstance is using humans to transcribe it. Apparently, none of them have ceased using AI to transcribe, and everyone is apparently okay with that. But as soon as you have humans transcribing, that's where the issue comes in. That's one of the things that struck me as odd in that article. Yeah, well, did you I, get that out of there too? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, we know, or at least I'll posit that AI will never be as good as humans. So, hey, just, hey, hey, oh, oh, hey, who was? Oh, oh Showbot, hey, Showbot, <laughs> how's it going? Hey, oh, wow, hey, buddy, where you been? Well, well, oh, wow, he's. I don't know, maybe he's just listening from somewhere. It's kind of like weird because uh, <laughs> you know we got Alexa listening. Maybe Showbot's just listening. So. Okay. Well, anyway, Damn, so that, that uh, kind of so, creeped me out for a second. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, I mean, I'm not sorry. Uh, Showbot should be sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. don't think Showbot sorry. has learned remorse yet. Probably not. You know, just like we were talking on the great AI debate. How do how does how do you teach AI like those human emotions? You know, it's a bit difficult. Oh, that reminds me. Last night I fell asleep, so I need to get, watch it some more. I was, uh, watching uh, Ex Machina. So. Is it, was this your first time watching it? Yeah, but I haven't finished, so so don't. How did you fall asleep during that movie? That's not slow. Because I have children, and I started watching at like eleven p.m. and I'm old. There, <laughs> that's how. how. How far did you get? About halfway. Oh, oh man, it was it was good so far, but I was just I was just like sleepy dog, and I'm like, okay, I'm out. And so I'll have to finish it tonight. It so. kind of rolls downhill real fast once it starts rolling downhill. I figure so. th- there's definitely a lot of foreshadowing of, wait a second, when does this all go bad? Because it feels like it's any minute right. now. But the interesting thing, okay, we can talk about it next week after you watch it. 
about the foreshadowing. So okay, all right, all right, all we'll put a, we'll no put a pin in that for next week, as our good friend Pete would say. We'll put a pin in that. That's right. Finger down on the table. So next topic. So the U.S. Navy announced that they're moving away from touchscreens on their. Yeah, I saw boats. that one, but I didn't read it. So what was that one all about? So. If a few months or a year ago, there was a, a, several collisions, right, between Navy boats and uh, shipping, right? Well, on one of them, the NTSB concluded that the user interface was partly to blame. So to paint a picture for everyone, the, think of brand new, high-tech, uh, state-of-the-art Navy destroyer or whatever it was. It has touchscreens. You have an iPad running this shit. Yeah, what could go wrong? It's very Star Trek, actually. Right. right? Like a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, what could go wrong? Um, and so part of the problem was is they couldn't just... They, they knew there was trouble, but something to do with the user interface was so complicated, and they couldn't figure it out, basically, within a short amount of time. So the fixed action will be to go back to a more analog... Uh, it's still like fly by wire where it's, you know, it's still digital, but it's a dedicated control that says, Hey, if I turn this wheel left, the boat turns left, not go into <laughs> click on the thing. Oh, the menu closed, click on it again, click to the next menu. Oh, the menu closed again. Cause I, I moved my finger too far. Damn it. Damn it. Boom. You hit the ship. Now I don't mean so to, it goes from star Trek to steampunk. Is that what we're seeing? Uh, yeah, kind of. And I don't mean to trivialize. I mean, sailors died. So, um, you know, obviously, we we can get to a point where I mean, as, remember, you remember the BlackBerry where he had a full key, QWERTY keyboard on that thing, and that was amazing. And, and that's the dumbest phone ever made. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> BlackBerry was the top of the hill in 2010, 2011, 2012, and then that touchscreen only interface just blew the doors off it. Right? It's just so funny, though. I always like this is. This is my my bad tech like social bias. Every person I ever saw with a BlackBerry just totally looked like a douche to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was one of those guys. I'm sorry. I had one too, Not but sorry. I just was like <laughs> I just was like, God, every time I use it, I'm like, oh, everyone's looking at me saying, What a douche. <laughs> and so one of the other headlines that's actually a little older, but was kind of um, brought up again recently is Microsoft Windows 10. There's an urgent patch because there's a wormable uh, vulnerability. So basically, you don't have to do anything and your computer can be infected. So update now, basically, is what they said. And that came out yesterday, I believe. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. It's so funny because it seems like a very urgent patch. It'd be very interesting to see how long it takes um, corporate IT to get around to patching said vulnerability. So That's very interesting. The thoughts and opinions Chris. of the Bob and Kevin show are solely the oh, thoughts of Bob wow. and Kevin and not their employers. Thank you, show Past, present, and probably not future. Wow. Oh, maybe I won't run the clip. <laughs> hmm. huh, Showbot's stealing your thunder there, Bob. <laughs> it's okay. We only put countless hours into recording and mastering that. Yes. Um, so, thanks, Showbot. So, uh, interestingly enough, a few weeks ago, and I think I shared the screenshot with you, I got a little pop-up that says, on my Windows 10 machine, it says, restart and update to stay in support. I'm like, huh? It's Windows 10. What are we? Okay, I'll read on. It says, support for the Windows 10 April 2018 update... Bob, that was like 
what, 14 months ago? A year and three months ago, yep. (laughs) Ends in November of 2019. That's in like a couple months. (laughs) So it says restart to install a supported version of Windows. The fuck? I have an unsupported version of Windows? It's Windows 10. Was that the... Is it tied to this patch? Are those one in the same, or was this something different? I think, no, it has nothing to do with the worm one that just came out. So I think this has to do with um, one of the big updates. Uh, well, the, let's see, the April 2018 update. But it's interesting, right? Because XP and all those old ones and Windows 7 and Vista, they all kind of like had end of life as a product. But this is right. my first indication that we've ever seen a mid current life patch mid major yeah. mid major end of life yeah and it's, it's like the weirdest thing it's like hey if you haven't updated lately screw you we're, we're just moving on without you and i get i get where they're coming from but man it's just i don't know kind of hurts that is odd and maybe that's an indicator that it's going to be windows 10 forever uh kind of like os 10 or os x if you're a non-actual mac user <laughs> Well, then they just switched to animal names, didn't they? Well, they did animal names. Now we're on mountain names. Oh, see, I'm so out of touch with the Mac world. Well, I think the Mac world is in one of those bubbles you spoke of earlier. <laughs> and they just, they're having a great time over there. So there's, yeah, there's a couple big ones that I can think of them, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Facebook. Uh, you know hey, what? Did we you know there's, pro- a twi- there's, there's a Twitter office in, uh, Boulder. Did you know that? Uh, no, but I think there was a there's a Slack office too thereabouts, unless they've moved. So, well, Jack Dorsey is a um, former Boulderite, so that's why he has an office here. I'm not at all surprised. <laughs> I think they intended it to be up to 200 employees. I have no idea where it is right now. I don't think it's anywhere near 200, but they apparently have a pretty sweet little uh, sweet little pad right downtown. I'm gonna try to get a guest pass. <laughs> okay. You know what we should probably do? You are listening to the Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beattybar and Kevin Gisheski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Hey, Bob, what are we doing today? Kevin, we are finally getting to our hot topic of the evening or the day or whenever you're listening. Uh, We're going to talk about gun technology, gun safety technology, or pretty much gun technology in general. Um, I think first we're probably going to talk about where each of us stand on the gun issue, I guess we can call it, or where we stand on guns in general. And we'll talk about that pesky Second Amendment thing. And then uh, is gun technology actually something that can fix our problem with or recurring problem with mass shootings? So I think we got a lot to cover here in the next uh, 40-ish plus minutes. So I'm Bob from the Bob and Kevin Show. And that other guy is... I'm Kevin from the Bob and Kevin Show. <laughs> so um, I don't really know where to start here, but I guess we could kick it off with you it looks like kevin's raising his hand he knows where he wants to well start. well i was tapped on the shoulder by showbot and he would like me to give a little context to guns in america 
and he says, and I'll let him read it, um, it has to do with this pesky little Bill of Rights thing. In fact, it's called the Second Amendment. Shobot, can you go ahead and read that for us? A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. So it's 27 little... Now wait, for clarification... Go ahead. For clarification, though, that's only part of the Second Amendment. Is it? Correct? No. That is not the entirety of the Second Amendment. As far Amendment. as I know, that is the full text. Go ahead and go ahead and Google. Oh. But I'm I'm fairly certain that is the full entire text, which leads to I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to your point, which is whoa, 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 that's twenty seven words. That ain't a lot of context, right? Exactly. So Oh, I'm supposed to chime in on that more than just saying exactly. No, sorry, I'm I'm reading it up. The Second Amendment, the text of the Second Amendment reads in full. Holy shit. That's it. Bob, holy shit is not in the Constitution. I know, but it really (laughs) is just those 27 words. Which takes it to the armchair lawyers of our great country where everyone loves to interpret this little sentence. It's one sentence, 27 words. Wow. That is pesky. Holy crap. I... Wow, I apologize to everyone out there that I was not um, significantly or adequately prepared for this conversation because I just assumed that there was much more verbiage around this thing that we argue so heavily. Well, even, wow. even the Constitution itself is not exactly a wordy document. It's, it's more on the lean side of anything. I guess it's more of a mission and vision statement. Sure, I guess. Uh, the Supreme Court wow. may may call it a little more than that, but you know, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely an important document. So, let's jump into the deep end. So, Bob, if if you want I'll go first. Where do we stand on guns in America? So, I'm just going to riff and hopefully I can yield at some point and you can take over. So, uh, a little backstory. Uh, I was in the military for six years. Prior to that, I had never really handled a weapon whatsoever, a gun whatsoever. So oh, every- really? So no. guns weren't part of you growing up? Not at all. Zero. Uh, not me personally. My brother, my father had guns, but I, I never did. And I joined the military so at 26. You, so, Did you shoot a gun before 26? I My dad let me shoot a pumpkin once. I probably shot six rounds in my entire life before I entered the military. Now that you're out of the military, would you say that you are a trained assassin? Marksman? Yes. Well, well, not assassin. But <laughs> you're yes, you're a trained am. marksman, right? Yeah, because you actually get a marksman badge. You get a rating, and you have to go qualify, as we say, every so many months. So, so a little backstory. I was in the military. So um, before the military, I really didn't know how to handle a weapon. They were pretty scary to me. Like, oh, gosh, if you put one in my hands, I was afraid the bullet's going to come out the back or something. You know, just something irrational. Coming out of the military, uh, it's a machine of death, and it's very efficient at what it does. And um, I'd actually never owned my own firearm prior to the military and when I got out of the military. At some point a few years after the military, I bought two weapons, a shotgun, which to this day I've never shot, and um, a handgun, which I'd only done target practice. Fast forward a little further, I am no longer a gun owner. Just for a question, though, clarifying question there. Um, you said only for target practice. Yes. What the fuck else would you use it for? Home protection. So I bought it for the intent of home, you know, a stereotypical 
home home protection protect the family well, i'm glad you didn't never had to use it for home protection oh honestly me too, me too. <laughs> um and you know i think we'll talk a bit about irrational fears here before the show is over but so that's kind of my backstory so i i never touched guns then i was in the military i was a, a trained marksman i then got out owned a few and then i'm no longer a gun owner and did you did you employ or utilize any technology with the guns that you owned, like let's say a childproof gun safe or yes, um, I had a so my pistol, my my handgun was in a gun safe that was biometric, so you had to have the correct you know finger to open the gun safe, and you do that for quick access. So if you feel that somebody's going to come in your home, you want you, you can't mess with the gun lock with, with a key because it just takes way too long. Plus, you might accidentally shoot yourself or somebody else trying to unlock well, that key. Yes. So th- there's a lot of gun safety. Uh, I don't know how deep we'll go into gun safety, but like the shotgun had a trigger lock on it. So, but somebody comes in, he, here's the rationale that most people have who are gun people, air quotes. Your handgun is what you use until you can get to the long gun, which is your shotgun or in a lot of people's cases, their assault rifle. So in the military, a lot of times you had a handgun and an assault rifle. Your primary weapon is it's reversed. Your primary weapon is your assault rifle. If you're using your handgun, something has gone wrong with your right. the guy's rifle. way too close. The guy's <laughs> way too close, or it's jammed, or you're out of rounds, or who knows what. It's your Can I ask yep. can I ask another clarifying question? Yes. You quickly utilize the term assault. Weapon or assault rifle? What did you say? Uh, either one. To me, they're synonyms. So, is that something that was common nomenclature for you in the military, or I'm just I'm I'm, no, not, I'm really not you, trying to set you up for anything. It just, that's also a very hot debate right now. Is that no? no it's not an assault a, rifle. Assault rifles are fully automatic. Uh, oh, I've got opinions. So, uh, so let's okay. just go through each one. Uh, in the military, you don't call it an assault rifle. You call it your M4 or your or right. your whatever, or really just call it your weapon. You know, you don't, you don't even call it by nomenclature. It's your weapon. And if it's a handgun, a, it's your sidearm. As a private citizen, as a private citizen, were you able to own the same kind of weapon that you utilized in the military? No, Be, for one reason. Okay. Uh, the lower receiver. It, so an assault rifle, like an M4, which the, the civilian version is the AR-15, the, uh, the military version, the lower receiver allows for burst mode. That means I can slip, uh, s- switch it from safe to semi, which is a lot of people don't understand the term semi-automatic. A lot of times you see that in the headlines like, it was a semi-automatic. Almost all guns are semi-automatic. It means one bullet at a time. That's all that means. Pull the trigger, one Every bullet. T- exactly. bullet comes out, yes. That's all that means. So a lot of people get wrapped around the wheel. Oh, it has the word automatic in it. Well, it's just one bullet per per squeeze. Now, if you kept sliding one more position past that, you get to burst. So it shoots about two to three bullets per squeeze at that point, which makes that non-civilian use at that point. So if right, fast, because those are those are still illegal, right? Yes, the burst mode, the fully yes. automatic. Well, uh, M4s are not fully automatic. They 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 only go to burst. Back in Vietnam, the M16 had a fully automatic setting on it. 
the the trouble with that is in Vietnam when you put on uh, full automatic, you run out of bullets very quick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually be- so. The, the pro tip is is almost you never use burst either. If you're using burst, something else has gone wrong. That means the zombies are within arm's reach. <laughs> okay, so um, most of the time, all you ever want is semi, even so, which is available in c- civilian because you want them rounds to count. You want to put those round. You don't just want to spray and pray. It's not Arnold Schwarzenegger shooting from the hip or Rambo shooting from the hip. That's not realistic. Realistic is you put that up to your shoulder. You you put your head down, look down the sights. You pull off one round. But you know what? You can pull that trigger really fast, and you can get really accurate with w- just in semi-auto. So don't let it fool you that semi-automatic is less dangerous. I would say it's more deadly in a way because you can aim, fire, and then you still have 29 rounds left. Whereas right. if you're, you're not br- shooting 28 into the ether and then one might hit the broadside of a barn. Right. And, um, and every time, if you've ever shot a long rifle, when you shoot the rifle, it, the barrel wants to rise up. So you have to shoot, recontrol, shoot, recontrol. Burst, it's, it just climbs a staircase where that first one might hit, but those other two just, like you said, just kind of went zip, zip, zip. Or if you did hit the person, you've got three rounds in that person, and you're actually not very efficient <laughs> because one AR-50 or one 5.56 round, which is the size of the uh, the bullet, it's going to do a lot of damage, just one. So if, if you want to be efficient, you're just going to do one bullet. The, the two to three burst. So I just want to kind of level set there. So in the civilian world, you can only shoot semi, and that's no better. It's not like, oh, well, at least you can't do full auto. Well, you know what? Honestly, full auto is, you know, not exponentially worse. Anyway, now, in the Las Vegas shooting, they had, you know, the bump stock, and that's a way around uh, the civilian, because what it does, it turns that semi-auto into a fully auto, because it's just, it's re-racking it for you. So it's kind of like sidestepping it. So that's why, you know, that was talked about during that one. If we go back to the military, just for, we did have fully automatic weapons. It was like the M249, which we call the saw, squad automatic weapon. That will fuck you up. That will cut you in half like a piece of paper perforated. Bah, 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 done. Uh, then you have the 50 cal, where one of those rounds will put a, <laughs> will take a limb off you. Yeah, that's a big ass bullet. It's as, I, I have some really cool pictures from the military. I, I put bullets down for reference and put my hand. Like the 50 cal is the size of my middle finger. It's just massive. All right, so back to where do we stand in weapons and guns and stuff. So um, we have the Second Amendment, and here's the competing concerns. I'm surrounded by people who love guns here. Some I feel is very legitimate, and I call them the hunters. They go out. They shoot deer. I was going to ask about hunting, yeah. They shoot deer. They gut the deer. They eat the venison. Those types of people in my family, uh, my in-laws, are, are these types. I think they should be allowed to do that. I really do. Do they hunt with, do they hunt with ARs or do they hunt with shotguns? They, they hunt with um, uh, .30-06, I think, rounds. Big-ass fucking bullet. A hunting rifle. An AR-15. Right, but it's a heavy... A heavy it is an AR-15. No, no, no. no. Uh, I was, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make give you what you want me to say, which is I do not believe an AR-15 is a hunting rifle at all. It is a killing machine of humans. 
period. But have you read the propaganda about the AR-15 as a hunting rifle? You mean like... It's the hunting rifle of choice because it's so light and versatile. Like Sean Hannity, who, who, yeah, I've, I've listened to him spew that, knowing full well that he's getting money from the people who make them. Well, so. Right, but it's also the talking point of every hunter who wants to champion 2A rights, you know, the Second Amendment. So I'm just curious if you had firsthand experience with your relatives with their if they had a love of the AR for hunting. But they're more traditionalists, it sounds like. Everyone, except for, I won't name names. Yeah, and don't name names. I'm not. But everyone that I have close contact with who is a gun owner, I would consider very responsible and very, you know, just responsible about it. However, I... 100% believe that an AR-15 is is a dick-sized contest. Look at this cool thing. I want, I, w- I could have been in the Army. I could have been a SWAT team member. But you know what, motherfucker? You didn't have the balls to go do it. So how about the, how about the guys that open carry their ARs? Like, you know, that walk into a Walmart and have it strapped over their back, and they're carrying it for personal protection. I think it is... I, I honestly feel if if you take a gun with you, you're looking for a reason to, to use it. And and I, I do not like somebody who open carries, especially a rifle. I, I've seen people open carry pistols here, and it makes me uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> I'm just not happy about that. A, an, an assault rifle is the, I mean... Help me. You know, when I was in Iraq, we had a real hard time telling civilians from insurgents. Why? Because they don't wear uniforms. They look the same. You have civilians with guns. You have bad guys with guns. So when a, air quotes, vigilante, a good guy with an AR-15 walks in somewhere, how do I, or how does a police officer supposed to know that, oh, you're one of the good ones? I mean, what separates it, the good ones from the bad ones? Like It does seem to complicate things, I would think. Absolutely. And imagine you're this vigilante. Oh, I see something bad happening. I'm going to pull my rifle up and shoot that guy. Well, you know what? That context probably will be gone the instant somebody the, the cop shows up on scene and just sees you shooting somebody else, not knowing that the other person was the belligerent and you're the white knight. So I don't like the situation at all because there's a lot of bystanders. I also feel like I also feel like there's lots of situations, especially as of late, where good guys with a gun would have had an opportunity to spray some bullets, you know, to help bring the situation calm, because that's what they say they do. You know, we're talking about you know, three, at least three incidences over the course of the last two weeks. And not one of those had an incident of a civilian good guy with a gun even shooting around. So where are these good guys? Um, I think it goes back to my, there's a little bit of a wannabe in people. If, if you want right. to be a hero, go be a cop. If, if, if you want to do all the cool shit that black ops do, go do black ops. Don't don't pretend. Quit being a pretender, a poser. That's what I think they are. My dad always raised me with the idea that if you're going to possess a weapon for personal protection, you have to be prepared to take someone's life with that weapon. You have to be prepared to use it. If you're not, it's a liability. It's not a deterrent. It's not a help. It's a liability. So to kind of get to my background, and then we can get into the tech part of it. 
So I did grow up around guns. Like my father always had guns. They were always locked up. Um, my grandparents on my mom's side, they always had guns. I don't even know if those were necessarily always locked up. Um, I remember shooting a shotgun at a very young age because um, my my mom's folks lived in the country. So we just had we had the space and the freedom to to explore such things and always was with a responsible adult teaching me the gun safety aspect of it. And honestly, for me personally, I am terrified by it. But there's part of me that really enjoys sport shooting. So as I got older, you know, I had friends who had handguns and things like that. So it was always interesting to fire different types of weapons to see how they behaved, to see how I could control them, see if I could be on target versus off target based on the caliber of the gun, whatever. So I've always been around them. But my personal stance is, is that unless, much like you, honestly, unless you're hunting and you're eating the kill or if you're just 100% sport shooting and your gun actually lives at the range because that's the only place where you use it and it stays locked up there, I'm 110% for that. You know, and, and in a large environment like that, especially at the range, they've probably got the safety measures in place to make sure that your gun is under lock and key and only you can get to it. And you don't even need the biometric shit because you're not going there to protect yourself unless you're Chris Kyle. Isn't that where Chris Kyle got killed? At the, did he get killed yeah, at the range? he did. Yep. Yeah. But that's not a very common occurrence. So, <laughs> so here's, you know, because a lot of people have asked, and there's a lot of believers on the polar opposites. Guns are 100% bad, get rid of them. And then there's guns are my right, my constitution. You know, it's my my right. So, but it's probably safe to say that neither one of us are in either one of those extremes. We think that there is a place for guns in our society for hunting and target shooting. And I think that probably takes us to the technological aspect of can technology help fix the perceived problem that we have in today's society? Uh, yeah. We're gonna, can it? We're going to come back around. So let's just start with the concept of, is it possible to have a air quote, very 2019 word, a smart gun? Oh, it's all over the internet right now. But there's it's problems with it, right? Well, there's tons of problems with it. First of all, there is smart gun technology that exists out there, but it's basically blackballed from the gun manufacturing world. Um, and I think a lot of that boils down to a case in New Jersey that happened in 2002, I believe. So there's a case in New Jersey where New Jersey enacted a law that said if any store, any gun store in New Jersey introduced smart gun technology, then all stores in New Jersey would be required to carry smart gun technology in their stores. Didn't and have then, to be the only gun, I think. It just had, they had to make that sure that it was available, right? So something to that effect. But I think the only smart gun available, like on the market is in Germany. And last time I checked, I can't have one shipped here, right? <laughs> through, through customs. Well, right. Because, because of that law, Gun manufacturers, in fact, one of the um, one of the domestic gun manufacturers, and I can't remember which one it was. Gosh darn it! Said that they were going to um, start carrying it, and the um, Second Amendment NRA folks boycotted them, and it w and the boycott actually worked. It hurt them, and so all other gun manufacturers shied away from the idea of that because they didn't want to lose their customer base. And the gun business, pardon the pun, has been booming in the last 20 years here in the States. So 
last check of the numbers, and somebody can fact check us. I think it's 400 million guns are in America. That's that's pretty funny because I think it was 350 like a couple months ago. <laughs> and so when we talk about smart guns, there's I think there's basically two things. And now we're, we're not talking about like forensic. You know, st- does the the pin stamp the the shell casing so we know who done it. No, we're talking about uh, things like RFID and fingerprints, right? So yeah, biometric, biometric and F- RFID. RFID so, is proximity, right? Yeah. So let's start with fingerprint because I don't like fingerprint as much. Basically, you put the fingerprint on there and it unlocks the gun in some way. But RFID, I thought, was way more practical because you can wear a watch or a ring. And as long as it's within, say, 10 inches, the gun will... Uh, activate and fire. So what, and one of the texts I read about it was a quarter of a second. So 0.25 of a second, it would send the signal to the ring and back and say, granted, and you could start firing. And so that helps if Timmy steals dad's gun, right? And then takes it to school, the gun's inert, essentially, right? Right. To go ahead and illustrate what the major problem is with that in today's current environment. Well, the problem... I think with that is if you go buy a gun legally and it has all these safety things on it, there's, it, it doesn't solve anything, right? Right. And a large majority of our recent mass shootings have been conducted with legally purchased weapons. Right. So that person would have the finger to unlock the gun and still do the damage. Kind of like spying. You can go through all these security checks. You can go through all these barbed wire, cipher locks, passwords. But if somebody who has access wants to do harm... They'd, all that is meaningless, right? Right. And that's actually a very popular argument um, for people who are pro-Second Amendment. They say it's not the guns, it's the people. And if the guns were all taken away, well, first, they have two major arguments. If the guns were taken away, only bad guys would have guns. And then the other one is, is if they took all the guns away, people would just use bombs or knives. So, yes, you could make a bomb and do the same kind of mass damage. I don't care what anybody says. The standard answer is like when I say you can't do that damage with a knife, they say, what about that guy in Japan who killed 30 people in five minutes with his, you know, steak knife? It probably was a large knife, but still that happened once. There was (laughs) not three, not three times in a week. There was a knife wielder. I can't remember if he was in Australia or England. It was this week. He killed one person. He was in the middle of the street. He was a young person. And a mob of people stopped him because he couldn't get to them all. <laughs> Much more realistic than a bad guy with a semi-automatic. So um, the the things you mentioned that if we take all the way the guns, if you outlaw, I think, as I say, if you outlaw guns, only the outlaws will have guns is right. the main one. To be honest, that kind of resonates with me a bit because... Bad guys don't yeah, follow I, the laws. Go, yeah, please. Bad guys don't. Bad guys don't follow the law. But so I used to live on the other side of the border from Kevin in Chicago, and people have called Chicago is affectionately, and I'm doing affectionately air quotes, been called Chirac, um, the murder capital of the U.S., the murder capital of the world, if you will. Um, and what happens there is that they're a poster. That's a poster child city for pro. Um, Second Amendment people, because they say only they they only use illegal guns in Chicago. Well, guess where a majority of those illegal guns come from in Chicago? They come from legal purchases in the good old state of Indiana. 
I, I believe it. <laughs> just just in yeah. Gary, right? In that area? Yep. So, uh, well, or any... Cl- it, it's, a, it's a known trade and traffic from that state because those guns can go missing and then they just show up in Chicago. So there's no accountability, right? Correct. And that's a legal issue. That's not a tech issue. But although it could be a tech issue because one of the things that they always bitch about is that it's impossible to synchronize all these databases. Right. I, I'm totally calling bullshit on that. There should be a national database. Done. So Easy to implement. Indulge me and the, uh, the listeners. What is the Chicago slash Illinois gun? Are you allowed to have a gun in Chicago or Illinois? Oh, no. Illinois has, the some, I think, the absolute toughest gun laws in the great United States of America. Um, and Chicago is apparently the toughest in Illinois. So that's part of their argument that laws don't fix it. So would you agree that even having a ton of gun laws, and I'm not trying to paint in your box, I'm just looking at this as rationally as I can, even with bans and whatnot, it doesn't stop people. No, I, I, th- I think that there's a very valid argument that the way that our laws are structured, there's no way that you can take one small country, unless you put a wall around it. Like say, let's say we put a wall around Illinois, and Illinois ha- still had the toughest gun laws on the continent of the United States, the, the, na- the nation of Illinois. Um, they would have to keep everything out. They would have to restrict trade. They would have to, like... They'd basically have to isolate themselves to make that a reality. And they would have to go take guns. They would have to take them away from the bad guys and the good guys, unfortunately, to get it all sorted out. So that's not a realistic situation. So, yeah, the laws aren't going to fix it. So uh, Showbot's got something here. Is it a right or a privilege? Oh, you mean the Second Amendment? Yeah, Showbot. So is the Second (laughs) Amendment, uh, we know it's a right. But what I really feel like we should do is treat it more like a driver's license. You need to earn the privilege to own a weapon and not just be blessed into being able to own a gun. But, but, but Kevin, it's right there in the goddamn Constitution of the United States of America. <laughs> it is a right. Well, it's my God-given U.S. citizen right. Can I call you Billy Bob when you talk like that? <laughs> Hell yeah, you can. All right, Billy Bob, you've got a point You're there. Goddamn right. You've got a point there, Billy Bob, which means we would have to have a constitutional convention to change the damn Second Amendment. And but I already... goddamn it, Kevin, Jesus Christ signed that Constitution. You can't change that document. It's never, ever been changed. <laughs> well, that's bullshit. But uh... Exactly, because guess what we're talking about? We're talking about an amendment to the Constitution, so it was put in there. So guess what? We've had ones put in there and taken out. Sorry, so, this is where it gets a little. We're not talking about tech now, but it still gets me. Well, we're we're okay. So let's bring it back to tech real quick. The problem is, is all the tech in the world right now probably can't solve this problem. Would you agree? I would for the most part, except I'm very intrigued by gun armed. Did you read about that one? Indulge me. What is it? Gun armed is actually not a locking technology. It's based on location. So think about if gun-free zones were actually geofence enforced. So, of course, this would have to be broad sweeping. But even if I were the legal owner of the weapon I purchased and it had this, this gun armed technology, 
in a in a public situation in a public setting, I could not fire that weapon. So that would be like one class of weapons for law enforcement where they would have free reign to use their weapons anywhere. But citizens who had the gun armed technology basically would have those weapons enforced. And that, that's really to combat the legal gun use as much as the illegally acquired ones. And I'm, I'm intrigued by this. This is not in production. This is still, they're trying to figure out to make sure that it can't be spoofed. Um, you know, so all the same problems with any kind of geolocation service. But I'm, I'm very intrigued by this one. All right, I'm going to play devil's advocate, if you don't mind. Of course. <laughs> so you're telling me this gun's unhackable? Well, no, I think that's what they're working on. I think anytime you're going to bring technology in the situation, they're going to be able to figure it out. People are going to make homemade guns with their 3D printers to get around shit like that. And so would you then have to force people to... All, you know, every gun, new gun on the market has to have this technology, right? Otherwise, you would just would say, not buy this gun. Right. I would say that if you are buying a weapon for... Well, actually, no. I think that could be a universal legislated... And if you're caught with a weapon, whether it's for hunting, personal use, or whatnot, there'd be a penalty associated with if, it. If, if it were disabled, hacked, you know, circumvented... That's what you're getting at. All right. I mean, we're still not going to stop people. If we're going to keep guns in society, we're never going to stop people from using them. I do honestly believe that. Right. Um, All right. Let me. So, but does but does that make people the problem? Probably not. (laughs) I, you and I were talking before the show, and I I quote, "Technology's never the problem, Bob. It's some fucking people." (laughs) (laughs) it is but i don't consider the gun itself i mean yeah back in the dark ages it was a technological advancement so now it is just a tool for mass destruction okay so we've got yeah i'm just playing along here so we've got legislation you have to use this technology what the tinfoil hat types would be like whoa they're gonna push this button and it's gonna disable all of our guns so they can the you know the tyranny of the dictator will not let us because the second amendment prevents us from you know or blah 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 we can take back this country by force if necessary right right so yeah that that's where the the 2a people will say you know it says that a a well what is it a well-regulated militia necessary but i think the counter argument to that is in today's world that well-regulated militia probably needs to have anti-aircraft guns it probably needs to have you know uh, service to air missiles. I mean, if if the United States government wanted to take over any large group of people, let's not even say small, if they're armed, guess who's going to win? The U.S. government, because they have tanks. They have, you know, <laughs> they got <laughs> shit. You were in there. You know what they got. Um, yeah, but you know, technically the federal, the, the, the federal military cannot be used to be deployed against the own population. Only the National Guard can. Well, sure, but they've got the same toys. But, you know, that would be a good argument. Probably. against the, if, <laughs> if that's the case, why, why do we need it? Well, yeah, we sent most of our, you know, our National Guard people were some of the first deployed after we were overly extended in our first engagements. <laughs> So, okay, so just to recap, we're going to have technology where it prevents, you know, has some sort of safety mechanism in it where it'll make it illegal to tamper with it. 
But there's one problem, and you and I run into this in our day jobs, and we call it legacy code. Except I'm going to call it legacy guns. Guns that don't have this technology built in. Bob, what do you do about them? What did I say? 400 million guns? Yeah, it'd be interesting. So are those 400 million are those actually legally registered guns, or is that just an estimated total of guns in circulation? You know, full disclosure, I got my figure from the Ted Nugent Joe Rogan, so I think... Uh, uh, so. I was going to ask you what that one was all about. Um, um, yeah. So what would you do with those legacy 400... I think or you'd have pick to, a big number, a big number of guns. What do you do? Yeah, well, right. I say one of my other friends and I, we have a rule of like, or not a rule, but a law of half. So like, you know, so-and-so. Okay, 200 million. So-and-so. <laughs> yeah. So 200 million is probably enough. Um, I think you'd have to do an exchange program where you could exchange your weapon for um, the technology, or if you willingly bring your weapon in, the technology can be added free of charge. Um, you know, right, unfortunately, capitalism... What about gun collectors? I have 300 guns, and they're works of art, and you can pull them from my cold, dead hands. Well, I mean, you'd probably still want this to be able to be ad hoc on, you know? I don't know. God damn it. I'd, we're definitely not solving this one. <laughs> All right. I think we can agree on that one. Um, and so... To the people who don't live in America, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the themes are like, you guys are fucking crazy over there. Everyone can have a gun. I'm like, yeah, but you just get kind of used to it. You know, you're just kind of like, yeah, anyone could be packing, you know, so. Yeah, but we have so many friends who live in so many different parts of the world where that gun thing is just not their reality and they're just fine. Like, well, their yeah. government's not taking them over. <laughs> So I have no delusion that I'm going to be a part of a rebellion against the U.S. government. So to me, that I always laugh at that one. Like, you know, we're, we need to have these just in case. Okay. All right. Calm down. No, we don't. Um, I would ban yeah, I'm, assault I'm rifles. I'm not getting in any part of that pack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, would you ban assault rifles immediately if you were president? Yeah. Me too. Blink that of would, an eye. That would be Blink an executive an order day one. Banned. Um, I don't know if you can take them from people who already have them, but anything not sold, banned right now. Of course, if and if you're legally registered gun owner of one of those and you don't, you'll be subject to penalty of law. Yeah, I, you can I, keep your you can keep your handgun, you can keep your shotgun, you can, but nope, they're done. I I would too, and and I think you would have a lot of. A lot of law enforcement conflicted because every now and then, you know, there's some law and some sheriff in some town like I refuse to comply with this unconscionable law from wherever. You know, I'm like, Jesus, you know, it's like nobody wants to follow the rules unless it's in their interest. It's like, well, you're the law. Oh, yeah. Everything. Yeah. It's always in your best interest where we need to be a nation where it's in everyone's best interest so <laughs> or a large population's best interest i was bugging you today i'm like hey i'm listening to the ted nugent joe rogan today and coming into this podcast i'm like ted nugent i know two things about ted nugent he was a rocker in the 70s and he has Wango's a tango and he's uh <laughs> like the poster child for the nra if i'm not mistaken is that correct 
Uh, I think he's um, had uh, godlike status and then fallen from favor, I think, more than once or twice. But I think I think he's in the good graces right now. Well, so I think I commented to you, and this won't be news to uh, Mr. Nugent, the man is a pompous asshole. But you know what? Well, it was it was <laughs> funny, though, because at the beginning when you were listening, you were like, oh, he's really like interesting or something. And then I was like, oh, well, wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to, to round out, because I listened to the whole thing, he's a pompous asshole. He's very energetic. He's very good at at making his points. I do appreciate the fact that he has a belief and he believes in it. And he's just like, no, this is what I believe. I'm sorry. This is just what I believe. I mean, you can call that super rigid. Um, he had a lot of reason, but here's here's he the did f- focus more on the hunting, though, right? I mean, he it, wasn't yes. all about the self protection. Yeah. So here's what I think is wrong in America. We have the wrong conversation. Things get conflated. So we have this thing called identity politics in America, or maybe it's worldwide. The whole gender it's thing. Spreading. The whole gender it's thing, spreading. and it's just whatever we. Ha- I think we're we're conflating biological with sociological factors and people blend that and can't separate two. I really feel we have two. I mean, if somebody wants to say so-and-so is a female because they were born a female and now they're transitioned to a man or vice versa, you can say that without malice. <laughs> and if you want me to call you a he or a she, that's fine too. You know, but I think people just conflate the two no you can't call that you can't assign a gender to so-and-so because reasons and someone says no god said there is men and there are women then that's it you know and just uh, you know it's like i'm tired of that wow so, you're wow, you're going for the trifecta today <laughs> i know there's some serious clickbait in today's in this episode so to take it over to guns i think we're having a wrong argument because ted nugent makes a fucking great case for living off the off the land and hunting. And I think that's great. It's when the people do the Sean Hannity thing when they go, and an AR-15 is the best rifle for hunting. Fucking what? You only believe that because you got the check from whatever gun manufacturer, you fuck. Did uh, Ted talk about his choice in weapon at all? I don't remember because I listened to that episode months and months and months ago. No, I, I don't think so. He said he had a few dozen I guitars, didn't think he did a, a lot of guns. He, he, he was very nondescript. I, I, I honestly, he, he, he's an arrogant asshole, but you know what? I have, I have respect for the man that he, he talked through it with Joe. He talked through yep. with everything. It wasn't Second Amendment, blah, blah, blah. It was, well, Here's what I think. And there's a lot of the tropes and the cliches that you and I have talked about tonight. So I, I've got respect for him. But and I, I I do think I remember him saying something along the lines of, Now, Joe, our founding fathers did, you know, look deeply into this before they decided that <laughs> trying to do my best <laughs> well, Ted Nugent impersonation. <laughs> I mean, so everyone's got skin in the game. You know, everyone ev- everyone we're we're we all come to every conversation, every interaction with our biases. And it, it just is the way it is. And I can understand why he is pro-gun. And I'm actually I'm more like Joe and Ted than I thought I was, to be honest. I'm like, yeah, you know, if you're a hunter, fucking hunt, you know? That, that's great. Um, that's fine. Um, and at no point did Ted pretty much say, well, you should be allowed to have an, an assault rifle. 
Never. I mean, it was never really talked about, but he also didn't like throw it out there. I think so, he did mention cold, dead hands at one point, though. Maybe. I, I'll have to When talking about his hunting guns. <laughs> Could be. But my point is, is I think my... So to kind of summarize, my future isn't a future that has no guns because I think that's foolish. We will not have that future. So to to take Yeah, the, we can't get to zero. No, there's no way. To take your opinion from last week, you're like, well, they've got our data. Fucking let's just let it. Well, there's guns out there. Um, go oh, ahead. Oh, look at that. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, hey, <laughs> when it comes to guns, good luck trying to get those back from anyone. And in fact, I don't think we should even try. Well, but I can even say that much like I say that data is the new oil, data's been the new ammunition for a long time. So, I mean, they're very similar. My future requires abolishing the Second Amendment, making guns a privilege, not a right, and starting starting buyback programs only after... We have banned assault rifles. Maybe I already said that. <laughs> and then, you know, where basically you can buy hunting rifles and they need to be bolt action and, you know, things like that. No, no hundred round magazine bullshit, you know, uh, side right. note real quick on, on headlines. A lot of times they say, and so-and-so had a hundred rounds on him real quick. Have you ever bought a, a box of bullets? Bob? Yeah, they come in boxes of 100, don't they? They come in boxes of like 250. That's like one, yeah. that's a half a box. Now, 22 shells for sure, like, you know, 22 pistol, those are small. So yeah, those got, those are probably at least 200. So sometimes... But I, that guy was shooting big-ass bullets, though. Weren't those like 231s or something? Uh, which An AR-15 is a small round. It's a 5.56 NATO round, also called a 223. It's actually a very small round. The thing that makes it very deadly is it has a large cartridge, a lot of black powder, so it the velocity of it is amazing coming out of it. On top of that, when it hits flesh, it flattens out and turns into a, a little saw blade. It rips. And it and it ricochets around. So I've shot an AR, or I'm uh, sorry, an AK-47. I've shot in 5.56. I've shot in a 50 cal. When, if you were to shoot a piece of metal with a AK-47, it will plink off it. It'll go plink. It'll put a hell of a dent in it, but it will not go through it, depending, you know, depending on the metal. But if you, that same piece of metal, when I was in Iraq, I was shooting 5.56 around, a much smaller round, but it's much higher velocity, goes right through it. So... They're not very large bullets, but the velocity of them are amazing. So anyway, um, what I was going to rant on was the media, and I'm, I'm I can't stand any seeing these headlines anymore. But I think they focus on the wrong thing. They 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 tend to glorify the shooters. So from a technology perspective, I think even we need when to they say they're not, they're still glorifying the shooters. I know it's crazy. I think they need to start taking the tact of we will not say the, the killer's name. But that within 10 minutes, it's on headlines and the font on CNN takes up half my fucking screen. Right. But for that on-air virtue signaling, they'll all say, and we're not going to mention the killer's name. But if you go to our website. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. And we always use his middle name because that's what we do for assassins. You know, and it's like, ugh. so I think that's a technological step we can help for society is, you know, let's. Let's not name the people. We, that does not help when we say it was so and so, so and so. Because let's what what do what do the youth and the 
what what are what are a lot of people chasing these days? Fame, right? Exposure. Ah, get my fifteen minutes. Well, you know what if what if I told you we're going to deny you that when you do these horrible things? You know, I think I think and we that's can, where the YouTubes and the Facebooks and the Twitters fuck that all up, <laughs> right? Because everyone wants a view. Hey, but I've got the cell phone footage of the chaos, and it's on YouTube within ten minutes. And here, ooh, I got all these likes and retweets. So, a lot of the same people who are all about the gun, you know. It, you know, we got we to gotta remove the guns right now. Go round them up. You're, you're being unreasonable. That ain't going to happen. CNN and all the big news outlets quit glorifying these things. Apparently, it sells ads. I hate to say it, but apparently it sells because... Well, no, think about it on YouTube, too, when you've got all those little, like, renegade news networks that are doing it. That's all about selling the ads. The more views you get, the more advertisers you're going to get because they don't screen. They're just looking for eyeballs. <sighs> yeah, um, it's a it's a big fucking tech mess, actually. Yeah, I I think we're in a world. Here, let's let's kind of go back. Are these people mentally ill? Clearly, but what are some of the factors that drive them to do these things? I will be famous for a little bit. I will get back, and everyone will see that they shouldn't have fucked with so and so. You know, and it's not even suicide by cop anymore. That's the weird thing mm-hmm. because. Not like, especially in the past couple weeks, what one out of the three of them was killed. Yeah. I mean, it, it's getting more and more common where the shooter actually ends up in custody, which is bizarre. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, I, so I, I think our media outlets, which are technology, Twitter, Facebook, you know, they want to be like, well, we want you to YouTube. be able to go live right now. Instant. Well, do we? <laughs> maybe maybe that needs to be on a on a 10 minute delay i'm sorry maybe it does you know and you have to earn the right to have instant because right now on youtube if i sign up right now as fake gmail account i can go on youtube and go live right now and broadcast with whatever you know i have all the tools to be a, to terrorize a society right now i go buy a gun Sounds terrible, <laughs> but you can do all these things, <laughs> you know, right. and what have we done to stop this? Well, we have a Facebook who's, who's, you know, actually riddle me this, Batman. If, if you were to be able to see what the reality of their Facebook is, you know, put yourself in the, in the shoes of that shooter. They've logged into Facebook. Clearly there, some influence to them has led them to this decision where they're going to make this horrible act. What well, that goes their- back to the great hack. They're probably in the, what do they call those? The persuadables? Those people are probably all in the persuadables group. I would like to say, I would like law enforcement to say, hey, Facebook, show us what you've been showing this motherfucker. Show us that maybe you've, maybe you've helped the hate because you've spreading all this bullshit. Maybe, yeah. maybe you're part of the problem, Facebook, but you know what? How, how do you, how do you, can Facebook even recreate the last year of impressions? No, they probably they, can't. They should though. I mean, come on. Like th- that should be something that should be seriously talked about because they should be able to look into as part of an investigation because it could help just like, you know, just like they're building high resolution avatars on us through their data collection. Law enforcement needs to be able to create a high resolution avatar of that shooter after the fact to find out what motivated that 
action. Now, now Facebook, that's a great idea. Facebook will turn over their private messages and Twitter will do it. But that's where but I not go. not their feed, I'm sure. Yeah, that's where I go. All right. Thanks. Thanks for all that. But what about the bullshit you've been feeding this dude? What kind of ads you've been showing him? What kind of... What kind of things do you think this person is into? You know, have you been showing them propaganda from some group that led to this? And it's convenient that the shooting happened, but you guys, you meaning Facebook, oh, well, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well, we didn't yeah. have anything was to it do a with bot, that. Was it a bot-based group that was designed to, you know, push out all that Cambridge Analytica promoted content with, you know, anonymous traceability Grr. so bob i kind of it's been a few minutes but I, I tried to paint a picture of what i think my future looks like if i'm a person who can make a difference politically socially what does your future look like um are you talking like ideal future bob you you won the 2020 election that's a problem to me you've you've hired cambridge You've hired Cambridge Analytica Part 2 to run your campaign. You are fake news. You've somehow, someway won the election. Uh, it's going to be the greatest ever. It's going to be tremendous. <laughs> so what do you do? Bigly. I won bigly. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I think I'm in alignment with you in a lot of the things. I think um, taking away, legislating away the weapons that really are not needed for hunting or personal protection um, you know, limiting the scope of what you can use a weapon for, making it, yeah, I think you said remove the Second Amendment. I think it needs to definitely be at minimum revisited, at maximum removed. Um, I like the license, registration, training. I mean, you got to pass a fucking driving test. That's a mass killing machine. Why don't you have to take a, you know, why don't you, you should have to be a certified handler of that weapon as well. Um, and it has to be renewed, just like a driver's license. So you can't, you know, when you're young, spry, and 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 very in control of your faculties, you, it's not a one-time test that you pass forever. It has to be revisited, just like a driver's license. Um, and then I think, you know, really, like we kind of just came to there, is put some responsibility on the shoulders of what our kids are seeing. And uh, we didn't even touch on this, but the whole fucking bullshit with the video games, come on. Give me a fucking break. There's, I mean, uh -oh. it may desensitize. It may desensitize. There's no proof that it does, but it may desensitize. Um, but it's not what's driving kids to go do this stuff. I think it's the the instant glorification that you mentioned. It's the likes. It's the clicks. It's the, you know, for a while it was the suicide by cop. We didn't even really talk about suicides as being part of the problem too, but that's also massive when it comes to guns here in the States. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things I would, you know, obviously spend some resources on climate control because we want to have a planet here when, you know, when we get this other shit fixed, but instead of these, you know, never ending global wars, probably throw some resources at figuring out how to save our kids really is what it boils down to. So that's great. Um, to bring it back to technology have you found or gotten any technological angles that you think will help, or is this all just going to be human-based fixes? Well, I think it's got to start with the human-based because that's got to fix, it's got to unravel this whole 
fear of smart guns by the gun manufacturers, you know, we've got to, we got to strip that down. We can't have the technological advance if nobody's willing to try it, you know, because of alienating a user base. So, you know, that part I think is going to be people first. And then maybe that will open up, you know, like it's so funny because we were looking at this website that's about um, gun innovations, technological innovations around these things. And literally on the innovators page, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten innovators that they picked. There should be a, a list of hundreds that are, you know, getting into this kind of technology to figure out how to make, first of all, how to keep the guns for the people who want to keep them, and then two, make them smarter. Not to steal that word, but, you know, add a technological component that could help make everyone's lives better. So, yeah, you brought up a good point. You need a a driver's license and a test to get a car. You need to be 21 or older to to buy alcohol. But at age 18, <laughs> just give me some money and have a nice day. Here's your gun. Right? Yeah, and I'm sure that's tied to the fact that you, at 18 you can go die for your country too. So, you know, it'd be pretty weird if we had people in the military who weren't legally allowed to fire firearms. Well, there's you could easily have an exception to that and be like, Unless you're in the military. I mean, you can be in the military, kill somebody, and not be able to drink a beer. True. And when I was in the military, that was a common gripe. You know, hey, I can go kill off the war, but I can't fucking drink a beer. You know, well, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's the way it is. Um, yeah. So, fun times. I, I suppose we didn't solve anything, did we? <laughs> no, we didn't. And I think I, one of my hopes for this episode is that you know, even though we touch on some controversial topics, I know that we have, you know, listeners from pretty much all over the globe at this point, just to give some people that aren't right where we are a glimpse of some of the conversations, but also to maybe inform some of our listeners about a little bit who we are too. That's kind of one of my hopes for this episode. Speaking of which, we've been been uh, doing pretty well on the listens from our audience so i want to go ahead and say thank you for listening out there and uh we seem to be picking up uh listens on like spotify and apple and wherever you're listening to us from we 100 percent appreciate it um i really like doing this pod with bob we we really just kind of speak from the heart we really i mean (laughs) 100 percent the only ones we're beholden to are our spouses, our family, and then we tend to avoid the landmine known as our work <laughs> conflicts. So. And since none of my family listens, I'm not beholden to them either. <laughs> so we hope you all appreciate it. Um, Bob, do you have any final words? Uh, you mean other than bringing the lightning? Uh, wait. Bob, we have one more piece of business, and that is... Bring the lightning. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at The Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob and Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn 
at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect.